Hey, Griswold, where do you think you're going to put a tree that big? Bend over and I'll show you. You've got a lot of nerve talking to me like that, Griswold. I wasn't talking to you. All right, folks, I'm hopped up on NyQuil, so this should be fun. For Starring Strength Seminars coming up next up February 17th through the 19th, then April 14th through the 16th. We do have a self-sufficient lifter camp on January 14th in Wichita Falls that covers the squat, the press, the deadlift, how to film yourself, and how to diagnose your own technique. For squat and deadlift camps on the list, we do have January 21st in Boston at Starring Strength Boston, January 21st in Long Island, February 25th in Cincinnati at Starring Strength Cincinnati, March 5th in Las Vegas, and April 8th in Phoenix at Weights and Plates. And we still have spots left for our first ever camp done entirely in Spanish. That's January 21st, covering the squat and deadlift in San Antonio, Texas. Starting Strength gyms continue to march forward, but we need more coaches. So if you feel like that's something that you'd want to check out, figure out if you're qualified, head over to startingstrengthgyms.com, check out the coaching tab, see what the qualifications are, fill out the form, maybe get connected with Ina, and make a new friend. And as usual, for more information on anything that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet, ladies and gentlemen, starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. This week we're going to uh, we're going to tell you about a thing we're doing at Wichita Falls Athletic Club. On occasion, we are uh, hosting a, a a weekend camp seminar kind of thing we call Lift, Fight, Shoot, and uh, we we do this a couple of times a year, and uh, we've had people come from all over the country to attend this because it's a kind of an amalgamation of several things that people are interested in and uh we go over the lifts we go over we talk about jujitsu we talk about handguns and we had range time and time on the mat and time under the bar in addition to a bunch of lecture time and explanation of all this stuff and uh I've been pretty well received so far. We may have to expand to more than a couple of times a year next year. We'll just see how the demand goes. But uh, we are here today with our friend John Valentine. John manages the uh, the self-defense part of this uh, product for us. John's website is deedsofarms.com, and uh, it's the name of his company. And he uh, teaches self-defense. He teaches jiu-jitsu, and he teaches handgun training and things along this line and uh so what we're going to do today is we're going to talk to john about his end of this deal what he's what his experience with it is and and, uh, uh to give you an idea of why you might want to think about attending our lift fight shoot product camp seminar thing and uh John, thank you. Appreciate your time today. Yeah, Rip, it's always great talking to you, and I really appreciate you guys having me on. And and also, uh, you know, I'm very grateful to be part of the uh, Lift, Lift, Shoot, Fight Camp. 
Is it at lift, shoot, fight, or lift, fight, shoot? Lift, shoot, fight. Lift, shoot, fight. Well, let's let's it's name it same. lift, fight, shoot. It, it, uh, yeah, f- henceforth. So that lift, I'm not wrong. Yeah, henceforth, it's lift, <laughs> fight, shoot. It's lift, fight, shoot, lift, shoot, fight. Lifting is first, either way. So whatever. Either way, lifting's whatever. first. Yeah. Which makes me have to get out of bed early that, <laughs> that day. So I mean, you know. No big deal to a guy like me, but you know, crack a dawn. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, John, tell us uh, uh, about you and your background and why we would uh, even call you today about this. Sure. Um, so, the, the, the big, I guess, overview is that, or, or excuse me, the, the, the long and short of it is uh, combatives and jiu-jitsu black belt from Matt Larson. Uh, Matt Larson created the Army Combatives Program, and I, uh, I worked for for him and with him uh, teaching units in the D.C. area for several years. Right, we've uh, talked to Matt on the on the podcast yeah. here. He's a yeah. very sharp guy. Yeah, yeah, very, very. Um, when... You know, I, you, you get with somebody like that, it's like somebody coming to you and they think they know about lifting and then it's like they really learn about lifting once they come and start doing the apprenticeship that you, that you guys offer. So uh, so that, that was my experience with Matt, that I, I thought I knew a little bit about fighting, but then I really learned about fighting as far as how it applies from the individual level all the way up to warfare and, and also taking this stuff and ter- taking someone who is a normal, everyday person and condensing it and reducing the material so that way they can at least get an understanding of what winning looks like and so that way in situations where they're under duress they can they can win um, not just not just survive but typically put them on the winning end um, so uh, I also went through the range master instructor development program I went through the entire program uh, graduated their master course as a top gun and uh, yeah that's pretty much it well, uh, once again, we're in a situation here where we are offering to the uh, to the people that would like to do this a, a concise way to think about a subject that for most people is just nebulous and weird. And, uh, you know, I think it's important to hand people a tool like that helps them organize their thoughts and stuff and it just saves a lot of time cuts a lot of corners mm-hmm. right yes sir i mean the idea of some someone be able to i mean in a perfect world we would love it where someone they they can dedicate their entire life to just handgun training and they're able to lift all the time and they're able to do jujitsu all the time but like realistically if i'm doing some type of physical activity it's during my week and if I'm doing a shooting activity, it's on the weekend. So right. it's like we expect people to have zero social life. So that's where right. I think these seminars, they really stand out because they give people the information they need in a condensed way. They're, they're getting it in a way that they're getting breadth and depth as far as the experience. And we provide them that situation of an environment that's dedicated to their safety and learning and in a way that they're able to get that post-traumatic growth right well and it's it's very important to understand that people with no experience in lifting fighting or shooting need an introduction to those activities where they know they're going to not be injured and they know more importantly 
that they're actually going to take away useful things when they get through with the course. It's a, a, an introduction to the, to the idea uh, that you have the ability to affect the outcome of a physical situation. You know, now yeah, this is, this a- is you know, we can't any no more than we can produce a starting strength coach in a weekend seminar. We can't produce a handgun expert, a jujitsu black belt, or a, a an advanced lifter in a weekend seminar. It's not the purpose of the thing. It's an introduction to, and it not only is it an introduction to the activities, it's an introduction to the way you think about those activities and the analysis of them. Because there's a logical analysis for everything. Now, not everybody wants to do that because that requires more than just, you know, somebody asking you why and you saying, well, that's because that's the way we do it. You know, that's the way we do it is not an answer to why. And we don't, we don't respond to why questions with because that's the way we do it here. That's for other organizations it's not for us that's and that's yeah. not a that's not unique to the strength training world it's the same i, I yes. was ta- i was talking to uh maybe it was john but the the same problems that that we deal with in the fitness industry are the exact same problems you deal with in the firearms industry and in the self-defense and martial arts industry they're all exactly the same so it's it's people modeling their coaching and their instruction based on what the best in the world do or right. what they think the best in the world do. What they think the best in the right. world. Right. And, uh, and then taking the advice of people who have no experience working with somebody who is a, a ranked novice, brand new beginner, and don't have the skills to bring them up to a high level of proficiency at a, uh, in a short amount of time. And that's that's the probably the biggest reason when I met John that uh, – I asked him to do this with us is because uh, and and realizing now as a result of, of probably from his experience working with Matt, it's taking people who are maybe even reluctant to want to do this stuff and uh, and getting them proficient, getting them comfortable with the idea. So he's he's just a perfect fit for uh, for what we're trying to do here, both with the firearms and the uh, and the fighting stuff. Um, <clears throat> but the, one more thing here, the, the the weekend serves as a as a primer or as a as a way to give people a path forward for all of these pursuits. So so lifting, no matter what else you do, we all agree that lifting is something that you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. It's the foundation of your health and your physical performance. Um, and then if you're interested in the self-defense stuff, you have to have a base in, in, uh, in, in some kind of grappling, which is what we cover. Stand-up grappling, we don't do, you know, when you say jujitsu, we don't really do anything on the ground for lift, shoot, fight. We're... Uh, we're, we're stand-up grappling with the intent of being able to introduce a weapon, a, a gun or a knife. In, in our instance here, we're using the gun. But everything that we cover over the course of the weekend is exactly what I would have wanted to learn when I first started doing this stuff. And based on foundational principles and also in a way that allows you to go home and start developing your skill firearms shooting and lifting and then come back and see us or go to any of the other number of classes that we recommend and just hone your skills in integrating all those things once or twice a year or three times a year however however often you want to so you know this is this is basically what john and i i think would have wanted to have when we first started doing this um because it would have set us on a on a more clear trajectory going forward 
towards proficiency in, in coaching and teaching and learning all this stuff uh, to get your mind oriented around what this kind of stuff actually looks like, what fighting actually looks like. Most educational seminars in in oh the the fitness industry and in the the other things that that this this uh, camp touches on the self defense and firearms training uh, are predicated on as we said earlier what what do the best in the world do and let's let's do it like that and that is to a to a person of average intelligence that might seem logical but it's not it's not the best in the world often do things inefficiently at a very high level right. <clears throat> you know and this is this is uh, this is ter- terribly difficult to understand. Everybody understands that we don't teach people to throw sidearm in baseball. But at any given time, 20 to 25 percent of uh, people standing on the mound are throwing sidearm. Now, if you were going to take them to a pitching school, you wouldn't teach them that. Right. Yeah. But here they are doing it wrong in the major league baseball right yeah so we don't teach sidearm because it's demonstrably ineffective some people are very very good at doing things ineffectively now this is what the average person can't wrap their head around you know uh we just had a a 34-year-old clean-and-jerk record broken earlier this year. Uh, it was broken by Lasha Talakadze. And uh, finally, after having uh, watched Taranenko do 266 kilos in 1988, he comes along and does 267 kilos. Broke the record by one kilo. Now the man is six foot seven and he weighs three hundred and eighty five pounds. Now that helps, doesn't it? A little bit. Little it helps bit. quite a bit, and the fact that it's obvious that it helps tells you something about what's not been done over the past thirty four years. The man is big and strong. If you look at the way he did the lifts, there are obvious inefficiencies, but it doesn't matter if you're big and strong. Right now, that doesn't mean that the way Lasha did the clean and jerk is the way to teach the clean and jerk, because there are ways to analyze all movement patterns to determine what is the best way to do the movement patterns. And that is what you teach. That's what you teach. You don't teach what the performance looks like you teach from first principles and this is what separates our product from everybody else we're teaching from first principles because if you're teaching somebody that doesn't know anything about this that doesn't have a background in it that's not already a good point shooter that doesn't have a that doesn't know how to handle the weapon you you need to figure out a way to explain the best way to handle the weapon. You, first, you need to figure out what the best way to handle it is. And then you need to figure out the way to explain it. Now, that may or may not look like 
what the best guys in the world are doing. Right? Yeah. But that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to distill the movement patterns into explainable models and teach them that way so that the, the, the novice gets started correctly. Yeah, that, that's exactly what we're doing. And, and we're taking people through a movement process, whether and whether we're talking about lifting, we're talking about the, uh, the self-defense portion, or we're talking about the shooting portion. It's all a movement process. And the performance aspect that people are, are chasing, it, it's not even a direct result of what they're trying, what they're doing. It's actually a byproduct of them following through on all the processes and all the coaching cues that are given to them in any giving subject. Right, and and following following this approach, and here here's one of the advantages. And again, we see this with the starting strength stuff, even the the starting strength seminars and camps. And then we saw it two weekends ago at the uh, lift shoot fight. But when you when you take this uh, foundational first principles based approach, you can appeal to uh, not only because we you know we kind of focus on how to, the the beginner and the novice and stuff, but you can appeal to to a, a wide range of people. You know, we we, we have yeah. people at the at the seminars at the at the starting strength seminars that come and have. Uh, have experienced lifting or very very strong uh, we had people come to both of these uh, lift shoot fights that we've done that uh, we had everybody from someone who's never touched a gun and is even even a, f- a little bit afraid of, of a gun uh, we had that in both yeah. in both uh, in both camps <clears throat> um, yeah at least one maybe two people in both camps all the way to people who have uh, who have a, a very high level of, of training with firearms and fighting uh, I mean very very the highest levels you can think of right so uh, and we had all those people there and they all enjoyed it and they all uh, they all benefited from it um, because because of the approach right you're not teaching a way to do things you're, you're teaching an approach for how to do things correctly right yeah yeah there, there's a strategy to it and what happens is you get people kind of coming into this space or from, we'll, we'll call it the the, the integrated training Right. They, they come into the space and they really they're not really taking a look at how it fits into the picture of self-defense. What they're doing is they're trying to teach you how to do their thing that they like and they love. So they're trying to give you a hobby, not really a set of strategies and a set of principles that are going to apply. It's like, OK, I can teach you how to run a stage, how to make a, a, a you know, X amount fast reload or do a really speedy lift or anything like that. But as far as like how it applies to the stages of within real life, um, that's really where that's that's really where people are falling short and they're they're not seeing the forest for the trees. They really think it's about doing the one compartmentalized skill and it's about doing a lot of things together and also being able to deliver that information to a normal person because it's like it elite athletes say they they're, they're the easiest people to coach because they they can you can basically show them a video of something and they're able to replicate the movement taking somebody who is going to move their right hand when you tell them to lift their left leg that's really where the challenge is and the test of this material is really when you start taking it from or or taking it to people who aren't necessarily motivated to do this type of stuff that's really where you start to see if they if you can get results with that population you can really get results with anybody and we, we talk about this all the time. Uh, coaching, uh, the worst coaches are almost always found at the highest levels of athletics. 
Yeah. <laughs> and it's, true. you know, and that is not obvious to the delay public either. The worst coaches, yeah. especially in strength and conditioning, the worst coaches are found in professional sports. Yeah. And, and Division one colleges and universities. Uh, because the talent allows an ineffective coach to look like he knows what the hell he's talking about. Yeah. The level of talent of the kids in the locker room are what you're seeing when you watch Sunday afternoon. That's what you're seeing. You're not seeing the efforts of the strength conditioning staff. You're not seeing the efforts of the of the coaching staff. You're seeing the talent of the individual players who were hired for that talent. That's what you're seeing. And the fact that they are being coached by this bunch of guys over here, all right, is irrelevant. That's irrelevant, you know. And, uh, you know, I, it, it doesn't take a, a genius to understand that, that concept. You, you guys, uh, anybody that's familiar with, uh, oh, what's the quarterback's name that thinks he's got an exercise program? I can't. Was it Tom Brady? Tom Brady. Anybody that looked at Tom Brady's exercise program knows exactly what I'm talking about. All right. If that's even what he really does, which it may well, it may well be what he actually it does. It may right? be. may not be. It doesn't but, matter. But he's it doesn't Tom matter. Brady. That's exactly right. He's Tom Brady, and he's good at what he does, and he's got a great big line of great big strong guys <laughs> protecting him <laughs> from himself. Right? Yeah. And as long as that holds up, he's fine, right? Yeah. But that yeah. doesn't mean that you want your kid doing that stupid shit, right? Because he won't get any better, and he is going to get injured because he has not protected himself by being stronger, all right? Yeah. So let's, let's just give everybody a little example of what we're talking about here. I'll talk about the lifting part of this thing, and then you can talk about the combatives part and uh and we'll just kind of illustrate to the people listening to the podcast today exactly what makes us different than everybody else now why do we lift why do we lift weights all right because strength is the application of force against an external resistance and all the people here in the room with me are all yawning because they've heard this about 95 times and shit and uh but I'm going to go ahead and just assume that the podcast audience needs to be refreshed on this stuff. Strength, production of force against external resistance is the way you're, is the way you relate to your environment. It's that fundamental. What is the difference between you and your grandmother? You're stronger than she is. You're stronger than she is. And you're more effective at dealing with your environment than she is. And as you age and lose strength, you will lose effectiveness. So if we want to be more effective in interacting with our physical environment, we have to stay strong. we got to get strong if we're not strong already, and we have to stay that way. Because it's the most fundamental aspect of your physical existence is strength. Strength contributes to your physical effectiveness in every single thing that you do. All right, a kid that's squatting three sets of 10 with 405 can run six miles. Whether he runs six miles on a regular basis or not, he can run six miles. 
and it won't be in trouble for him. Yeah. Right. Uh, so strength provides for a whole bunch of preparation for everything else we do physically. All right. And that's why the lift part of this seminar is right up front because it recognizes the the vital importance of force production against the environment as the fundamental physical trait that an effective physical person's got all right and it's the wonderful thing about strength is is that it's almost infinitely improvable all right your ability to explode is not infinitely improvable your your ability to explode is minimally trainable that's what's so ridiculous about the aforementioned professional and d1 strength conditioning programs because they focus on rate of force development training which is not terribly trainable what they don't focus on is getting your deadlift up to 700 pounds which for a 350 pound lineman or for a 250 pound lineman shouldn't be a big task but they don't even they don't even address the issue and as a result and you look at injury rates in the nfl those of you who are actual sports fans pay more attention to that than i do but injury rates in the nfl are off the charts and the reason for that is because they don't focus on strength so we focus on strength strength is trainable the way strength increases is five pounds of workout you come in and squat you do three sets of five squats and you do it with five more pounds than you did last time. And you keep doing that until it stops, until it slows down. Then we'll have to get fancy and do something else. But until then, that's the basic way we get stronger because that is force production. Again, we're back to first principles. What is the production of force? Force is that which moves things. And if you move something that's heavier, then you have to use more force. So we're going to make you move something heavier than last time, and your ability to produce force goes up. It's not complicated. But if you don't do that, then you're not getting any stronger. So our approach to to barbell training is very, very simple. We use movement patterns, not muscle groups, to organize our training. We squat. We squat down. We stand back up. We pick something up off the floor. We push something up over our head. We push something away from us, and we pull something to us. We throw something up and catch it. Basic human movement patterns, and every time we do them in our training, we do them with a little more weight than we did last time, thus forcing a strength adaptation. And if that doesn't take place, then a strength adaptation cannot occur. And that's that's our basic explanation for the way we do all these things. The movements we select have been chosen for working the most amount of muscle mass over the longest effective range of motion. And we design each one of the exercises to do that very thing. And as a result, the movements are very, very good at allowing you to load them incrementally over a long period of time. You can go six months when you first start training, going up in weight every single time you come in the gym, and that's the best use of your time. 
right? So this is that's why we do the lifting the way we do it. Now, John, you tell us about your end of the stick. Yeah, so so after we do the the foundational lifts and and, and one I think uh, the one thing we we are really want to talk about is that we're, we're preparing you for the strength to deal with whatever life throws it to you and being stronger and, and you know I, I saw you, I saw you guys posted before about the guy who survived COVID because he had excess muscle mass from from doing the stuff he, and and that's something I talk about a lot that as the leading causes of mortality in the U.S. are not violent criminal assaults. A lot of them are health-related, and getting stronger is going to be the best thing for you to do. Getting in some type of physical health, physical fitness programs so that we can deal with those things. If you get um, sick, would you rather weigh 205 pounds or 145 pounds? Yeah. you got to think about that. If you're skinny, yeah. you have to think about that, especially yeah. if you're 70 and skinny. Yeah. Fat people at 70 years old weather diseases way better than skinny people that are 70 years old. Now, yeah. this is awful to contemplate for you bodybuilders out there, but th- that's the facts. So, and so then we start moving on to combatives after that, or, or excuse me, we go into the firearms training after. And, and the reason why is because the – understanding the foundations of effect or or properly using a pistol and also um, legal use of force. Everything has to come from a standpoint of where you're responding to a threat and you're using minimal and appropriate force. Because if you just turn and burn someone down for saying a harsh word to you, that's not even you know slightly appropriate and that's going to end up in jail um you know winning for us in the self-defense world means going back to living life peacefully it doesn't mean that you're going to go and make that shot or anything or 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 take the threat out or anything like that i mean even even during a home invasion i I would typically recommend if if people can avoid dealing with the criminals do so it's it's you can always you know yet housing insurance renters insurance use that um so we start learning about those concepts as far as legal use of force, because then that builds into the combative side, because whether we are applying a pistol at 25 yards or at zero yards in the middle of a clinch, all those same rules apply that there has to be some type of reason, because saying I'm in fear for my life, that's not enough. It's it's not enough of a, of a justification. It's not enough of an objective, whereas this person did something to me. Um, I'm trying to get away from them. They pin me against the wall. I defended myself. That's that's a whole different thing as far as like, oh, I was scared because that just shows you to be emotionally impulsive and emotionally impulsive people carrying lethal firearms. That's not a good combination and the prosecutor is going to eat you alive. So as far as your relationship uh, with prosecutors in general, it's that everything you did is wrong and they want you to go to jail. So that that's just the relationship with a prosecutor in a nutshell. So what's your your job is to make sure that they don't have any reason to put you in jail because the burden of proof is on the state. So Well it is now anyway. For now. Yeah. Right. For now. <laughs> <laughs> Till we go full commie. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh that's the basis of the of the firearms training. 
And uh, well, on that on that first day, we're building up the basic skills uh, to be able to integrate everything together on Sunday. So, um, re- regardless, you know, if 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 the folks, if if you're out there listening to this and you're honest with yourself about uh, wanting to be more capable in general and wanting to be proficient at self defense, uh, whatever that looks like for you, the strength is the foundation of all of that. <clears throat> You have to you have to be strong enough. People who people who are jujitsu uh, brown belts and black belts who are good are also strong. There are no weak jujitsu black belts that are good that are any good. Now what happens is that they get strong on accident. They get strong just from years and years and years on the mats. Uh, or they're born that way, or they're taking steroids, or whatever the situation or, is. Or the strength or, is strength. Or, yeah, or they get strong just just from from mat time. Uh, they're right. not strong yeah. enough, but they're strong. I mean, right. they're stronger than your average person, right? So the point is that if 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 you want to speed that process along because you're interested in efficiency, because you don't have 20 years to get to the black belt level of strength and and proficiency on the mat. Um, <clears throat> Using a barbell is the most efficient way to do it. So uh, it also makes you, you know, bigger. It makes you harder to hold on to. It makes you able to hold on to somebody else. And in terms of controlling a firearm, um, the, the strength transfers immediately into into shooting a firearm well because you are able to control the, the, the pistol better. You're able to hold it better. You're able to hold it longer. All these things, everything all everything works together, and that's one of the fundamental aspects of what we're doing here is making it all so that it, it fits together in a, 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 in a total kind of self-defense picture. So strength forms a foundation of all this because without it, you're, you're leaving shit on the table that you could just pick up right away just by getting stronger, you know. Because it's yep. five pounds of workout. That's right. It's right there. Yep. All you have to do is three days a week go up five exactly. pounds. That's all you have to do. And it doesn't. it's not complicated. It doesn't require trigonometry. It doesn't require anything except you getting up off your ass and going to the gym, looking in your book, and going up five pounds from what the book said you did last time. Right. That's all there is to it. We don't have 30 different exercises. We have six exercises. Yeah. And we have, we've done those exercises in a way that, lends them, that lend themselves to the process of getting stronger rapidly and effectively and showing you results immediately. Right. A couple of things that, that I want to add to John's uh, discussion on the firearms portion. Um, uh, and again, this is for people who are uh, I- interested in what actually happens that day. It's um, it, we managed to get everybody in the room uh, shooting. You know, I, I think the farthest we shot was maybe five yards, but everybody is shooting about within a fist sized group. Um, under a little bit of time pressure, and even the people who who have never fired a gun before, like first time ever firing gun, they're yeah. they're hitting in a fist size group, um, and that's that's a pretty high stress situation for them. They've never even been to a firing firing range. I mean, just think about that. The first time you're in a firing range, you're inside, shit's loud. You know, there was there was a guy shooting machine guns next to us. Um, it, it was it was pretty crazy. But uh, to to get somebody in. What do we have? Like three hours, I think, is is the total time we were actually on the range. But in three hours, to get somebody at five yards shooting a fist sized fist sized target fairly comfortably, um, that is yeah. a, that's a pretty fucking decent level of proficiency to get in three hours. And then, well, that's all a handgun needs to do. That's exactly right. That's exactly that's right. all a handgun needs to do. Handgun range is fifteen feet, 
You know, if you're, if you're 30 yards away, don't shoot a handgun at somebody. <laughs> you're not going to hit them. That's not about, what a handgun is for. Yeah, how about run away? <laughs> yeah, you're probably not going to get shot. You've got a way out of there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that, that all sets us up for, for Sunday. You know, by the time we get to Sunday, we're, we're pulling out laser guns and actually learning to fight with the gun. And everybody at least has the uh, has, has fired some rounds, knows what it feels like to shoot the shoot, has some basic proficiency with operating the gun and manipulating the gun, and then now we can talk about how to fight with the gun, um, and yes. and all that stuff just starts to make way more sense for people. You know, if you if you come at it the other way and you start with, you know, all right, we're going to grapple, and then here's a gun. People just have no frame of reference; they have no idea what they what. First of all, what they can actually do with the pistol. Now they have, you know, they've done it. They've done it the day before. They've they've fired some rounds, they've fired fairly accurately, um, and uh, and now it now it all starts to make sense, right? So just building from day to day and from uh, from drill to drill into more and more complicated stuff, because the hardest thing to do is learn to fight somebody within arm's reach and introduce a weapon. You know, so that's what we're trying to get to. Because if you can get there, everything else is easier, in my opinion. I don't know if you, everything you know, else stops. Sure. Everything yeah. else becomes unnecessary. Right. Yeah. Well, if, the, if you're tied up with a guy and you shoot him, he stops hitting you in the face. Well, sure. Right. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if there there's a lot of things going on where in, in a in a real life situation, right? I mean, people will people will look at things and on the shooting world especially they really focus on their shot times and the reason why they do that is because there's a there's a tangible metric there so they'll do things like give up their ability to conceal properly or you know give up certain things to in order to achieve that fast because they want to get there fast they want to get the speed they're looking at they're only assessing things based on their performance within a environment totally designed for their safety where there is no resistance on what they do and literally anything you do against a stationary target is going to work so in that case they're, they're really thinking about the time after the beep Whereas there's all these things that happen before the beep, uh, whether the person is is uh, asking you a question, you don't even know if they're being aggressive or they're actually being hostile, or they're basic, or, or they could be approaching you of like, hey, you know, I've I've got this thing for you, and they draw you in, and then that's when assault happens. So, you know, seeing how people stand and how they react, something as simple as rubbing their face or shifting their body weight, those. Those are things that happen before the beep that people are not necessarily uh, looking at. So the on the gun side, they're looking at things from post-beep. They're looking at the time after the beep. And on the martial arts side, what they're looking at is like how to finish a person as quickly and effectively as possible. And that, that goes back to that legal use of force where there is that may not be appropriate for the circumstances. So you, you've got two worlds that are they're kind of they're, – they're not necessarily – wrong but they're, they're just looking at things from the wrong side of things if that makes sense well let's talk about the grappling side of the thing then let's what is what is your approach to grappling and how does it comport with our previous discussions of strength and firearms management so the, the way we approach grappling is uh there there's actually a, a progression there right so um and and nick has helped me out with this a lot and i've thought about a 
the whole the idea of a novice linear progression for for strength training um there there's not really any anything that like that exists in the combatives world so nick and i've been working on this process where we wanted to have a a novice linear progression for self-defense so we start everything as far as from like a hands-up defensive position at defensive stance then we work our way into some type of ready positioning or arm fending position so that way we take people from the standpoint of where everything has there is that he has the most space so space is equal time in the grappling world. If I have, if I'm totally away from you, you can't grab onto me. I have more space to react, run away, whatever it is I need to do. Whether it's, if I am able to put my hands on you and am I able to pin you, then I've reduced the time and I've, I've also increased the difficulty of you getting out of there or getting to a weapon. So we typically have a set of drills that we do and where we talk about like, this is what winning looks like. Now, just because you're winning does not mean you have won. And the other aspect that we introduce to people is all fights have two basic scenarios, whether there's help is on the way or help is not on the way. And just because it's not on the way for you does not mean it's not on the way for them. So it's not necessarily giving people a set of moves to do, but more of a set of strategies. And the moves are metaphors for what I need to do based on the circuit circumstances if i need to keep a person here or pin him there so that way that i can keep them from getting a weapon to me and i because every fight i get into um in you know the real world i have to fight that person as if they might be armed so that approach that that idea is how i have to approach the fight now if they're trying to bring a buddy around so that way they can put something sharp into me then i need to think about how to get off the x as quickly as possible i need to be able to break the clinch and get them off of me and get out of their grasp so that way i can get to some type of force escalation tool and in, in terms of in terms of what it actually looks like, the uh, in the in the most basic way to think about this, what we're doing really is is really the oldest form of of, uh, of useful martial art that you can think of. It's Greco-Roman yeah. wrestling. That, that's yeah. all it is. It's Greco-Roman wrestling, which is which is you know stand up above the waist. You know you're not shooting for legs. You're not trying to trip people with their with your hands or anything. You're 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 grappling, standing up, and it's a perfect vehicle to build an entire self-defense system off of just, yeah. just standard basic greco-roman wrestling. because that's where your hands are because that's where your hands and, yeah. and controlling posture and position and all that and, and leverage is all it's all there and off of that you can build uh you can add weapons you can add strikes you can add disengaging you can add pins and then all of the other stuff that comes with uh with with ground fighting if necessary or yeah. if it, if the situation dictates um if someone falls down or if you get tripped or whatever then you you, you just build everything off of that but the the fundamental um art so to speak is is basic greco-roman wrestling the most basic version you can think of i mean just you know pummeling and arm drags and underhooks and overhooks just really really basic stuff yeah uh, the, the yeah. funny thing is that you'll have people who have been grappling for years and years and years who have spent zero time doing any of this stuff i mean hardly any time on their feet just clinch fighting with somebody else and it forms the the basis of all fighting you know all fighting that isn't confined to a specific rule set um every fight plat passes through a clinch so one of the things that we're focusing on a lot is that the clinch work is the clinch how to teach the clinch how to make it effective um, and, and by the end of that four-hour block at the end of Sunday, you've got a room full of people, most of which who have never even you know, 
grabbed another person within that range, and they're all fighting for underhooks. They're all, you know, effectively drawing weapons from within arm's reach without having those weapons taken away. So it's 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 fairly simple. It's not it's not an easy thing to teach, but it's a simple thing to do. Um, but again, yeah. it's it's so simple that people can take those skills and then plug them into whatever it is they do in their day-to-day life or their day-to-day training and it's and it's uh, something they can refresh very quickly every every 3 months or every year, right? <clears throat> yeah. It, it's also we're also giving people a, a way to assess what they're doing. Uh not necessarily we're not just teaching people what to do but we're also teaching them how to think about what they're doing because they, every martial arts place is just like every fitness place you come in you do what the trainer says to do and typically in the in the martial arts world you do some form of calisthenics to warm up you do some random set of techniques and then you kind of go live right and, and it, it's just such a it, it's a very low level way to coach things and and it, as far as producing real fighting ability in a student, I, I think it's a really ineffective model. It, it's just something that people have done forever. So no, not there are not many people questioning it, but right. taking people from a level zero and taking them to an ability where they're able to shoot a firearm, okay, now they're able to take those concepts they learn about firearm application and do it within it. When a, they're learning it in a clinch, uh, I think that's really that's really what we're trying to do as far as take in the whole picture, not just one thing, right. and we're doing it in a thoughtful way. Right. Not doing it the way it's always been done. Yeah. Because that's the way we do it. That's not That's not useful coming from a coach. No. Because that's the way we do it. If you have somebody that's that you're attempting to coach that is interested in why, and you can't tell him, then you're inadequately prepared as a coach. Sure. Yeah, think of think of how many guys you know that got strong on accident in your lifetime, right? Oh, There's a ton of them, right? Me. But yeah, yeah but, <laughs> but it's the same way it's the same thing with firearms, it's the same thing with, with jujitsu. I mean jujitsu is everywhere. You know, here in here oh, yeah. in uh, Wichita Falls we've got four schools within a within a thirty uh, thirty mile radius. Jujitsu's taken over yeah and, and almost the the martial arts market oh, in the for United sure. States. For sure. And, and yeah. yeah it's it's like what karate and taekwondo used to be, right? Right, but um, in in only it actually works. Well, yeah, and, and here's the thing: <laughs> right. it, it actually works. But but what John is saying is correct. It's taught. It, I don't know if effect ineffective is the right word, but it's it's definitely inefficient. Meaning that the, there you the go. people the people that that get good get good on accident. Uh, just yeah. just from just because of the pressure testing where you're right. actually live drilling and rolling with somebody. Um, so that's what what's missing in the self defense and jujitsu world is is an actual process to teach people how to get good quickly. Right. Um, People just get good on accident, just for brute force. Well, I mean, if you if you restrict the people you're coaching to people who are already good, sure, right, or self-selected, you, right, or self-selected, yeah, right, then you have no idea whether your method works or not, right. And this because is, I mean, how many times have we seen that? I mean, Westside's a classic example. Sure. If Louis wouldn't even let you in the building if you couldn't total two thousand, right. right? Well, it, yeah, sure. Louis has strong guys in his building. Right. But why? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. this is the situation that that uh, that's happening now. Is you get all these people that are suddenly interested in learning how to fight, learning jujitsu, or learning firearms. You know, it applies the same way, or learning learning how to shoot a gun or, or uh, how to carry a gun and all this stuff. But you don't you don't have people thinking about how to actually teach somebody who's brand new and get them to a, a level of comfort that they're 
going to come back or they're going to keep doing it. Um, it it's just uh, there, there's a there's a huge gap between co- the efficacy of a coach based on coaches who deal with people who are selected versus people who coaches who work with people who are developed. So there's that that's the fundamental difference yeah. between the, the 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 guy who works with, with who's worked with kids and regular people and the guy who's worked with high level athletes or high level performers. You know Selection what's interesting versus is, development. Well, what what's interesting to me is the very high number of starting strength coaches that are actually working in 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 strength and conditioning through our system that are also involved in uh bjj right yeah it appeals to i I mean it appeals to to these people sure how many are there you know a a third maybe yeah maybe a third of them yep yeah and uh you know good things are going to come out of this right because we've given them a, a a a, an argument for proceeding from right. first cause. That's right. Um, in in terms of the barbell, right. And that that organization will carry over before it's all over with onto the mat too. Yeah, into their other activities. Which sure. Jiu Jitsu yeah. requires a lot of time and a lot of effort. So that's just one of those things that's going to be a, a – you're right, it's a natural progression. Um, and then in terms of the firearm stuff, you know, the, one of the one of the big reasons that, that uh, this is important is, you know, how many firearms were sold in the last two years. Oh, God. God just yeah. – Democrat administrations are <laughs> firearms. <so you'll, laughs> that's right. Oh, that's yeah. Right. And how many how many firearms are in in the United States? How many people own guns? How many people carry guns? You know, you know there's it, estimates of 400 yeah. plus million. That's right. Firearms in the in United the hands States of, in the hands of what maybe a hundred million people. Or in the something? hands of a hundred million people, yeah. because people in Los Angeles and right. New York don't have them. Right. Right. You know, Allegedly. only the people that shouldn't have them in Los Angeles, New York. That's right. Yeah, right. yeah but, but th- this is one of those things. It's like one of the things we're trying to do is make all of this stuff accessible to anybody interested, right? So because it is, you yeah. know, it, it's perfectly accessible. Anybody can do can do this stuff and and uh, and get a good framework for for uh, how training should proceed if they want to keep training. Like uh, you know, everybody should own a gun. It, it, I think um, it, whether you train with it or not, uh, everybody should own a gun. Yes. Whether you know you're Democrat, right, left, I don't care. Own a fucking gun because one day the other team because is they be don't in want you. They to. don't want you to. Right, exactly right. Yeah. That's why you need to own a gun. Is because anything they don't want you to do, that's what you need to do. Right, right, yeah. right. And you think about that. Yep. Because there's a real good reason. And uh, I mean, just look at Australia. Right. Look at Australia, you poor bastards down there. God, oh you believe I mean, we, we can just look at our cities. We don't even have to look that far. Oh, you look, look, look at our at, cities. Look at D.C., Minneapolis, yeah. Chicago, yeah, look, for God's sakes. Look yeah. at Los Angeles, San Francisco. You know, yeah, like a lot of people don't know, I'm originally from New York City, so that that's why, like, I've kind of dipped into the extreme end of all this stuff because I've just, I've seen what that life is like. Life without guns. Life without uh, your ability to defend yourself. Yeah. Where, you know, I, like it was a time like I, I would be scared to walk home the wrong direction because of like, you know, there, there's criminals in my area that they just jump me just for going home in the wrong uh, walking, walking through the wrong neighborhood. So, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, take it from somebody from the, the People's Republic of New York City. You, mm-hmm. you want to gun. You want the ability to, uh, 
you know, implement, you know, use force against an, an, an external resistance in, in a lot of different ways. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Guns are uh, an extension of strength, aren't they? Oh, yeah. That's uh, force against an external resistance. Just at a distance, right? It's, it's yeah. <laughs> Before they grab. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know the the the, the whole the, the the little the little uh, well known thing about uh, a well an armed society's applied that shit's true man uh, armed yeah. society's applied society always true. has been true it's true yeah. always has yeah. been and true. it's not and it's not just about our friends and people people on our quote unquote side having guns every fucking American should own a gun you know what's yeah. interesting is one. that. Uh, uh, Carjackings are, have basically ceased in Texas over the past twenty years. Oh, I believe it, man. It, it, can you imagine walking up to a pickup <laughs> in Texas <laughs> and trying to and trying to hot carjack the guy driving the pickup in Texas? That's it's a bad, go it's ahead. A bad plan. You just tired of being alive? Is that what the hell the deal is? You know, I mean, it's the uh, other great thing about Texas is you can, I mean, you, you can defend property with lethal force. It's it's crazy. Yeah, like when I first yeah. moved here, I was like, "This is fucking." Like, is this woman? So I took the concealed carry class, right? Yeah. I was like, "Is this woman telling me that I can shoot somebody because they're on my property?" And I and I said, "That can't be right." So I'm looking it up. It's like, "Yep, that's right." When, but when, that, yeah. but that's a thing. And when and I was, uh, why not? Yeah, you know? when I was right. uh, getting in the private sector and had to get my uh, license to carry for a private sector. Um, the guy teaching the class was also our boss, and he goes, "Yeah, you read right. You're allowed to shoot somebody for spray painting our property." And looked at us and said, "Do not shoot somebody well, yeah. for spray painting our property." There's the other side of that, but you know, right. the, the fact that it's written, yeah, the DA may go ahead and charge of course, you. Anyway. Yeah, of course, yeah, of course, it's a defense. Of course, yeah. oh, the law God. is a That's defense. Glorious. That's right, but that doesn't keep you from being charged with or with sued the or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it, right. it might still not be a good idea, but the fact that it's uh, it's there um, is is honestly a great thing. It's yes. a great thing, yeah. right? Because that's exactly the way it should be. Right. Yes, it is. God bless America. God bless America. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, if you you don't want to get shot for spray painting somebody's property, don't fucking don't spray, spray paint, paint, their, paint property. their property. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't complicated. <laughs> you know, they can't just walk out and shoot you for walking down the street. <clears throat> Yeah. But if you're Never fucking a guy's house up and he decides <laughs> yeah. to shoot you, maybe you shouldn't have done that. Okay? Now this is this is just this has been logical. Right. For ever since we've had brains, that's been logical. There are things you don't do. And Texas law just recognizes that. Sure. Right? And it's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. It's an excellent thing. This has been taken away in the UK. Yeah, and it's you not been taken old, away here. Yeah. You, you ever seen that old Chris Rock bit where he was talking about like how not to get your ass whooped by the police? Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> just <laughs> hard to argue with it. it yeah. It's like shut the fuck up, shut be respectful. Fuck up. <laughs> uh, oh God! All right, John, tell us about your company a little bit before we leave here. Yeah, so uh, I, I run a company called Deeds of Arms. Uh, you can find us at deedsofarms.com. And we have a, a linear progression. I have one shooting course and then three uh, 
fighting with guns courses where I take people from the ability from basic the, the foundational concept of shooting from retention all the way to like how to fight with a gun from a standing position from a pin position and also dealing with um, dealing with uh, weapons on the ground so yeah so you can find me at dsofarms.com I'm coming to Houston and Wichita next year so yeah that's pretty much it where are you based out of I live in New Mexico, to, to, uh, but, to I, but I typically use the travel. UK expression. You ever notice how everybody's based out of some place in the UK? Isn't that weird? Yeah. Why they say That's because they all rent. They don't have they a home. rent. They, yeah. they, can't, they can't afford they, to they, buy they a home, so they rent. Yeah, so currently based. So you're in New Mexico. Where in New Mexico are you? I'm, I'm in southern New Mexico, about a, about an hour north of El Paso. Right. Well, out in the county, probably, huh? Yeah, but by, but not too, not about twenty minutes from White Sands. Right. Yeah, don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, weather's nice usually, right? It's the weather is the weather this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we say here in Wichita Falls. Too. Yeah, Wichita yeah. Falls is a nice place about eight months of the year. That's right. And yeah. the other four months of the year, mm, it's, it's hell. It's a fucking horrible mess. Yeah. Yeah. It's 112 and shit in yeah. August and stuff. That's and that's it's fine, just, but it's the mosquitoes, man. It's the mosquitoes. Yeah. fuck them. They're aggressive. Yeah, yeah. they're not just lazy. Mosquitoes. They're the most aggressive. When there are mosquitoes, the they the are a, they're a problem. Yeah. Yeah. When there are, there aren't any right now because we're in a drought right. and there aren't right. any mosquitoes. But I'm going to tell you, when it finally rains, it's going to be a problem. They're going to be it's like a, a giant order. ass problem. Yeah. They're all dorm. I don't know what they do. Like, how do they survive the I, freeze? I, and then they just all they're they all just back. adapted to that. Yeah, they survive yeah. the freeze. Yeah. The they, worst mosquitoes in North America are in Canada on the tundra. Oh no shit! Oh yes, this is what <laughs> always amuses me. But <laughs> crazy. The old people around here will say, "Oh, cold winter." You know, cut back on the mosquitoes. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Nothing cut back on anything. <laughs> <laughs> you go to the Arctic tundra and tell me about your mosquito situation up there. Oh God, yes. I mean, malaria is a is still a problem. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know. So anyway, uh, John, I appreciate your being here today. Uh, those of you that have further questions for John uh, can contact him on his website. And do you have an email address, or do you just have an info? Um, yeah, it's a John at Deeds of Arms, John and I'm Deeds pretty easy to follow. Contact him if you've got specific questions about his end of the stick. If you've got specific questions about our end of it, uh, just, you know, look on the website. We've got <laughs> lots and lots of information about us. lots and lots of things. <laughs> At startingstrength.com. So, John, thanks, man. Appreciate you being here. Yeah, no, anytime, Rip. Thank we'll you. We'll see you next time you're up, and we'll okay. see you next week here on Starting Strength Radio. <laughs>